0: What's up, everybody? This is Chef Bay on the Plant Remedy Podcast. Thank you so much for hitting play and subscribing. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I hope you are having a good day. I hope you're finding some ways to find joy right now and kind of love on yourself a little bit. I have taken the last four weeks off from podcasting, and I've definitely missed you guys. I, you know, when I first saw the video of George Floyd, and then the the horrific videos I've seen ever since, um, and ever since this movement kind of started back up in this really fiery and intense and passionate way, I took a step back from doing the podcast because I really... Was so present in watching and learning and listening and having really deep conversations within my community. And I really just wanted to take a break from speaking and from amplifying my voice and kind of just let the movement do the speaking and help in ways by petitioning and donating and sharing and amplifying Black voices however I could. And now that it's been about four weeks, I wanted to hop on and come back on the podcast as of course I have missed you all so much. I I love podcasting and this is one of my favorite things that I get to do, to be honest. It helps me have amazing conversations that I would never have otherwise. And I've gotten so many messages from all of you that that also get a lot out of this podcast. So I'm just so appreciative to be here. And with that said, moving forward, I am just so excited for today's guest. Uh, Her name's Tori Washington, and she's a badass. She's been on the show before, and uh, we talked about her program, Wealth Embodiment Flow. Um, If you want to check it out, her first episode is called Embodiment Before Mindset and i really wanted to talk to her about you know the movement she is a spiritual business strategist and she is really changing the game right now and i have been definitely coming to her page, coming to her content, and really learning so much about how I can be an embodied ally for the black community. And that's exactly why I wanted to have her on the show. I've learned so much from her and I know that you can learn so much from her. And she just, yeah, she's an amazing woman. And literally the whole time I was talking to her, I got full body chills over my whole body. And yeah, this episode just clicks and rolls super good and I love you know I know Tori pretty well so having conversations with her is so easy. She lives in San Diego too and I've actually hired her personally as a business coach. So yeah, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. I'm so excited to be back. We'll be back to our weekly podcast. And I've got some kick ass guests coming up this month and I'm just super excited for you guys to hear and yeah it's just a lot of really inspiring people who are who are making change in this world and moving forward in this podcast i i really want to to talk about that talk about how we can change talk about how we can evolve and grow and unlearn and relearn and dismantle systems within our own personal lives that cause you know suffering in this world that can contribute to racism and, yeah, you guys, I'm, I'm excited. And sometimes I don't always know what to say or say the right thing, but um, the conversations are happening. And I think that is the first step. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we, how we change our language, how we change our thinking, how we change our the way we communicate, the way we show up in this world. And it all starts with a simple conversation. So, Without further ado, Tori, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so freaking excited for everyone else to hear this conversation, and let's do it. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm so happy to see you and have you and be in your presence. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to connect today. It's going to be super juicy going to be super good. So I just want to start off with like something super simple. How is it going? Because I haven't seen you <laughs> since the pandemic, pre, you know, revolution, pre anything. Like last time we met, mm-hmm. the world was very much just like the way that it was. And so I just I'm wondering how you're doing on like a personal
1: level. I'm doing well and I continuously check in with myself and keep asking myself that question and every day is different to be honest Mm -hmm. and i'm really committed to not labeling how i'm doing good or bad i'm just i'm super human right now and i'm super in my humanness and really flowing with where god spirit wants me to be in this exact moment for humanity so I feel really deep in service right now which has supported me and not getting attached to any sort of emotional state um, so I've definitely taken some time to I just got back from the mountains which was amazing it was the first time I realized in like months that I just sat with myself and really digested like all the conversations I'm having everything that I'm talking about all the things that I'm showing up for and just I'm not the type of person that pauses and says, like, I'm so proud of you. I have to, like, put forth effort to be proud of myself and acknowledge, like, okay, you're doing an amazing job. You're actually holding up a lot right now. So my personality is kind of like, let's go, let's keep fucking going. <laughs> and so it's been really beautiful to come back to my feminine nurturing nourishment so that the, the action-oriented, powerful queen within me can keep going and... just letting it all come i'm letting life bring me joy which has been a a huge part like there's been so much to celebrate and i'm also letting life bring me to my knees and feel the feelings of of what's occurring right now in the black community in my family in the world so yeah
0: so powerful i think that's like I mean, I know you were just talking about like your own personal experience, but I think that's such Mm -hmm. good advice for anybody who's listening, you know, to be able to like take a minute to reflect. I think a lot of us, especially in our generation, we have a lot of like hustlers within us where we just want to like go, Mm -hmm. go, 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 go. And especially within like the entrepreneurial community, coaching community, it's kind of like, I just want to keep going. So that is a good thing to just like learn to just take a step back and be with yourself and make time for joy too, which is
1: yes, very so huge. Joy is a choice, and it's I'm realizing even for myself, there's been this weird feeling of like, is it safe to celebrate? Is it safe to show my full joyful expression while my black community is dying? You know, there's so much polarity and duality happening right now, and so um, I think it takes more. It takes just as much courage right now to find joy yeah, as it does showing up for the dark shit. So definitely find joy, definitely find things to celebrate because that's nourishment in itself, you know?
0: Totally. And when you think about it, like neither of those things are neutral, right? Like Mm-mm. showing up for the darkness and being in your joy, none of that is neutral. And I think... You know, something that I've seen a lot of is people coming out of neutrality and being like, okay, I'm going to show up in one way or the other. And yeah, I think you've been a guiding light for so many people and so many people are discovering you right now, which is so awesome in itself um, because you are able to kind of almost not give permission, but be like, hey, it's cool to show up in which way you feel you need to show up. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for that. I, I received that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, honestly, I've been watching your page just like explode, and I'm just like so <laughs> happy for you.
1: <laughs> it's it's hysterical because I've been doing this for four years, and every time I bring on clients, or I mean, you've been in my programs before. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of what I teach is that you don't need this huge following to make yeah. the money and the and create the success that you want. And my clients are always like, I'm surprised you don't have more followers. So I think before this, I had like, I was hitting four thousand, I think, or something yeah. like that. And I've just, I've never paid attention to that number. It never dictated like how I show up or where I'm showing up. And this year, I set the intention to increase my impact. I had a goal of, like, I want to reach 100,000 people this year. I don't really give a fuck how to be <laughs> through Instagram through, like, just walking up to people. Like, I just want to reach people and be a bridge. Mm-hmm. This was back in January where I had no idea we were headed to this space. So it's so funny how God's spirit will deliver you what you want in a way that you would least expect it. And I remember when this whole thing started – a couple months before, and I've told this story before, I started to really unpack what I felt was not working in the coaching industry and started to call forth leadership within the coaching industry because during COVID, I felt that we we could have done better as coaches, as, as leaders in self-development and spirituality. There was so much bypass happening, so much blind privilege and just people wanting to just operate business as usual and so back in like April and May I started just to slowly dip my toe in and and say like we get to raise our hand and do better and uh, I never wanted to bring up race because I was afraid but I knew white room COVID hit I could see it I could feel the segregation I could feel the discomfort I could see the privilege Mm -hmm. and I just didn't I didn't have the permission in my own body yet to speak about that. I'm a multiracial coach who's surrounded mainly by white women and white coaches. And when I posted the video that went viral, I remember being in my living room and I was like, I can't fucking sit and just watch this. Like I, I just have to say it. And that blew open the door to just everything. So my point is your truth is always the way it's, it's, and usually it's the scariest thing it's the thing that you don't want to say it's the thing that you don't want to be a leader in and Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been fun and exciting and so powerful to have all these new humans in my orbit and it's also been on the other side of it um interesting like people who are reaching out interesting (laughs) i'm like oh cool like I've been here this whole time and I'm so glad that you've been here. Me. I don't know. So it's, yeah, it's been an interesting journey having yep. like 5,000 new people come to you the next, in two weeks.
0: like Yeah. And that's like 5,000 people who are super active too. You know, yeah. like you can have a big following and have people be following you forever and like forget about you or whatever. But those are people that are like actively in your field, like Corey. Yes, I need you. Let's go. Like, like I saw somebody comment, like, I can't afford your programs, but I want to pay you for something. Cause I was like going through the comments for a totally different reason of that one. I get to
1: hire a social media manager cause I lost track of the comments. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I know she was like, I can't afford your programs, but I want to pay you for your service. What can I do? And I was
1: like, yes, Tori, get it. (laughs) Girl, that's what's been happening. And it's fucking beautiful. Like that that circulation of abundance that's that right there is an abundant attitude that right there is what I've been preaching for so long is we get to be in the circulation and I'm so tired of coaches like preaching that you have to earn a certain way that it's not a it's not it's not safe for her to say like, I can't afford your program like maybe she can't yeah because there's a pandemic happening and there's all these things happening and so all those old teachings that we were I just got that like we were chills,
0: kind of, honestly because I've been feeling yeah that. like I've seen so many coaches charging more than ever before and saying yeah. things like if you're not investing all your money in yourself then like you're never going to get anything back and I'm just like Fuck. Like people are struggling right now. Like this is causing so much more separation that it's just like, it's, it's so hard to feel, to feel empowered from following those people. It's like, Uh, how how do you feel empowered in that way? So how do you, do you see the coaching industry changing right now? Or do you think that we're just, you're just kind of like,
1: Oh, it's changing and there's a shift. It's a new paradigm that's happening. What you just said, I'm so glad you just mentioned that. That's what creates the separation right there, what you just mentioned. Because a woman of color, there's no space for her in that conversation.
0: Right.
1: There's no space at all for her in that conversation. She's going to go somewhere else. And I truly believe that leaders can zoom out. And in fact, it's required of you as leader to zoom out, to zoom out of an I conversation and into a we conversation yeah. What is going to support the collective. How can we as a team of coaches, as a team of leaders come off our pedestal, come off the 10K pedestal and the 20K pedestal and the, you have to invest your life savings in order to make money back, which is a complete lie. How can we totally dismantle that, come together on a ground level? and bring our black brothers and sisters with us, bring people of color with us, bring people who wouldn't have even have even thought of hiring a coach with us, and build a new platform of inclusivity, of realness, of depth, of true healing, because that's what's gonna be required for us to change the world. These price tags, while I think at one point were helpful for coaches waking up to like, the idea that you could give and then receive. Right. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Like that principle is so one of the laws of the universe. I think that it was an active nutrient at one and showing women that that's the thing, you know. And we have to take our take a, a deeper look here. We're, we're in a different world, so that's not going to apply anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see crumbling. That's what I see coming down. And I've, I have witnessed as, me, as much as there's coaches out there who are still like invest 10 K right now, because it's really going to support you and like making your investment back. Mm, no. Um, there's also coaches <laughs> who are like, actually I'm going to cut my price in half. That's how fucking abundant I am. Actually, you can come in and you can start your payments later. Actually, let's spread this shit out. So your payments are lower each month and you can still get the value. That's the leader. That's an abundant attitude that was going to change the world.
0: Right. Because when you're thinking of like changing the collective rather than just changing your own scope or your own, you know, you can't change the collective if you're only focused on your own abundance, right? Because mm-hmm. how abundant are you really if you're only focused on yourself and your own abundance, which That's is true. what I've been seeing. Um, I, I love that you came out with Wealth Embodiment Flow, right? And this yeah. whole, our last podcast is called... was it called? It was embodiment over mindset. Mindset, Yeah. And so, and then I loved how you also came out with your masterclass that was called embodied allyship, Mm -hmm. which was like, just so perfect. It just like flowed so good. I was like, yes, Tori. And um, Ah. so good. And I, I remember messaging you like, fuck, talk about embodiment. Like you are embodying all of this. And it's like, so awesome to see. It's just been like so, so amazing to just like Mm. see you and like listen to you and learn from you and just have conversations with you that are so refreshing to have. And I think moving to my point, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, we're waking up. This is such a potent time. I think the pandemic was everyone stopped and everyone looked at in a sense they looked at everyone as a collective, especially in the States for the first time in a really like forever, maybe, (laughs) you know, like when everyone's on a place of struggle, when everyone's scared, when everyone doesn't trust the government, when people aren't getting unemployment checks, stimulus checks, it puts Mm -hmm. everyone in somewhat on a similar playing field, right? And so I think that the movement became, the Black Lives Matter movement became so powerful because for the first time, everyone was, at a standstill. Everyone could listen when before. Full body
1: goosebumps.
0: Full body goosebumps. Right? I know me too. (laughs) Like nobody could listen before because everyone is so consumed with their own personal agendas and even social media. You can see social media in that way transforming. It's just like a metaphor for what's going on in real life. Mm -hmm. And So I guess my question for you is, once you've unpacked, once you've showed up, once you're here, once you've unlearned and kind of grieved with all of the bullshit that, you know, you've learned your whole childhood, like I was talking to my mom, actually, and she was like, It was really interesting she was like you know i grew up in the 60s and i lived in an all-white community but we didn't have the internet we didn't have anything so when i was a kid i didn't even know about like the segregation that was going on at the time because i was sheltered from everything and she's like and now looking into all the textbooks and who wrote those textbooks and everything that i had been taught my whole life she's like I'm lit. I was literally grieving for like two weeks of like my whole fucking childhood was a lie. She's like, I just can't even believe that I have not seen this, you know, and I think there's so much of that. So once you go through that, I feel like embodied allyship is the next step because you look at the past, you look at your, your place in, you know, your position in it or your responsibility in it. And then it's like, how do we move forward? And I would just like, love for you to talk about moving forward with embodied allyship, because I think it is mm-hmm. so important to keep moving forward rather than to always be looking backwards in the past.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things are coming to my heart. Number one is that for so long, We've looked at moving forward as moving up in levels. So Mm -hmm. we think moving forward is like getting better, moving ahead. Mm. And that's what's shifting right now. You can can attune to it in the air. You can just like feel it in the atmosphere. Everything's going from this illusion of level into evolution. So moving forward is going to look so much different this time around than it did back in the past. Moving forward is actually you being still. And that's an ego death in itself because the white woman wants to understand how to fix this, how to get ahead, how to be progressive, how to, and I'm doing this with my hands, like putting my hand out because she wants to like go. Mm -hmm. And this this revolution is asking her to come in and stay. Mm -hmm. That's moving forward because the truth is none of us are awake yet. Mm -hmm. We're still in the very beginning stages of unlearning. And I've been hearing a lot of people using the words like we're waking up. And I disagree. I, I don't know that we're awake yet. I know that we're deeply unlearning and we're starting to see, but I don't know that we're even close to waking up. And so what everybody gets to know is that you aren't going to know what the next step is ahead of time. And that's how a lot of people are used to living their life. They have a planner. Like, okay, okay. So in August, this is going to happen. And then in September, this is going to happen. Or they have like their calendar on their Google thing. And that's how people are trying to approach this revolution. So it's like, okay, so I did this and this. And then like, now how do I do that? And it's like, no, that's not how it's going to work. You're not going to know until you know. Can you be humble enough? Can you slow down enough to stay attuned to what's happening? And that's what I talked about in embodied allyship is, it's not going to look like a a moving forward. You'll feel it and we're going to definitely make progress and we're, you're going to see bridges built and conversations started and we're, we're in the work right now. But we're so in it that there's no way we could see what's next. Mm-hmm. That's where trust comes in. That's where accountability comes in. That's where that consistency comes in, which are the baselines of allyship. Are you willing to stand in the discomfort? Because to be truthful, I don't know what's going to happen next. And I could probably ask every Black person right now that they don't know what's going to happen next. I didn't know that Elijah was going to get killed by the cops this week. A 23-year-old boy who had no weapons on him was walking from the store, killed. I didn't know that was going to happen. So we get to be patient and stay in the work, which is the most discomfort the most uncomfortable part, because we want to move up and out. But this is lineages and lineages and lineages. We got work to do. Mm-hmm. So get cozy. <laughs> get so cozy, because it's not going to be this, like, the heavens open up and everything is fixed and saved. Um, we are literally building a new house. So this is about you learning how to house a new identity. And I invite everybody to Find joy in that. It can be daunting to think like, oh, I don't know what's happening next. Find joy in it. Let, let your spirit take the wheel and guide you. That is where you're going to find peace and, and sovereignty in the revolution. But if we keep looking out and waiting for the next step to be given to us, we're going to create more suffering in the community and we're going to create more harm. And that's when you to resort to the old path, like you just said, it was like, well, okay, I'm going to go over here because that worked last time. No, 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 no. We get to be in the deep unknown. We get to be deeply connected to our spirit. We get to be deeply connected to our mission. Um, Think about when you started your business, even for you and me, I had no idea this is where we were going to end up, but I had my, I knew what my mission was. I was in my work and every day I woke up, I prayed and I did my work. That's where we're all being called to be right now is to wake up, do your spiritual practice pray, breathe, look up at the sky. And the next day, wake up, like, (laughs) nourish your whole body, get back to work, sign the petitions, use your voice, use your vote, look up and out, attune what's happening in the collective, where can you be a voice, where can you be an ally, and then maybe you take a day of rest, but it's like, we're in it right now, and it's a circle. It's not a staircase going up, it's a circle, and that circle scares people, because they're afraid that it's going to be like, oh, I'm stuck, but that's the new paradigm is we're we're building momentum in this new circle and we're giving birth to the new paradigm which is gonna move up and out eventually. But no one knows when that's gonna happen. So
0: I love that on us
1: that <laughs> we like have it's, any clue.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting like what a simple change of language can do, you know? And I think in a sense so often we're so used to like, how can we move forward and what you just said? And like, yeah, I just, I can't even, I can't even say anything else because that was <laughs> that was fucking
1: great. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> and, and get in the allyship class because that has, at yeah. the end of the class, you get some next, you get some, some next invitation. Yeah. You know, for your work and for your voice. And I think that embodiment is a lifelong practice, just like allyship is. So it's almost like if you give birth to a baby, you're not, you kind of are in the flow with your baby. You're not like, okay, when they turn 22, this is going to happen. Like, you don't know. So this is, I want everybody to come back to like womb space. We're giving birth right now. We yeah. just don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And for those listening, if you want to take the masterclass, it's on your website,
1: right? Um is it yeah, it's torywashington.com slash embodied dash allyship. Okay, and you leave- can also get it in my Instagram bio.
0: Okay, cool. And I'll leave the link specifically in the um, the show notes so they can get it for sure.
1: Um, okay,
0: so, cool. so moving forward, or not forward, but like in this conversation.
1: <laughs> the next evolution of this The next evolution of this conversation. So we're in a circle. We're yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Now I'm going to be like, wow, I say that all the time. Right? That's the conditioning right there. Unconscious. You are actually in my
0: head all the time because I'll be like, okay, well, I have to do like this, this, and this today. I'm like, fuck, Tori, she's in my brain. Okay, no, I get to do this, this, and this today. You're you're literally always there like, no, say it different, um, Mm -hmm. even though you aren't here. So. The, the, the reason why we wanted to do this podcast is we got into a conversation about kind of like the differences between generational revolutions. And we were talking over DM and I was like, we just need to get on the podcast and talk about this because this is too good to just be like locked away in our direct messages. Um, so you posted, I'm not going to talk about specifics, but you posted, you know, on on your Instagram about why love isn't enough. And I think a lot of the older generation is like, well, we're seeing this movement, we're seeing so much love, we're seeing like, you know, the outpouring of love is there. Like, is that's so great, right? And I think, I would love for you first to talk about, you know, that post a little bit and why love isn't enough and why we can't just be like, slap some love on it and like
1: call it a day. Slap some love on it, I love that. You're <laughs> such a chef, you're like, I imagine like jelly and soap. Yeah. Little sprinkle. There's some love on it. Yeah. Uh, I wish it was that easy. That'd be really cool. Um, So I've been seeing a lot of separation in the spiritual community, specifically amongst white women calling each other out on spiritual bypassing, which is like, thank you. That gets to be talked about. But the way in which they're doing it is actually causing harm and shame and all these different energies, which is what prompted me to create the video. um, What did I say? Stop the guilt, take a stand because we don't need white women guilty and shameful right now. We need them empowered and using their voice and ready yeah. to be an ally. So when it comes to the spiritual bypassing that we've been seeing, it's all just rooted in the old the, the old revolution of love is love is the answer. So let's just unpack that a little bit. Back in the sixties there's so many directions my brain's okay where do we want to go okay when I hear that phrase as a black woman I have a billion questions because if love were enough then my life would have been way different mm. so I now have like years 31 years of evidence that that that's not enough mm. And when women who say, like, love is enough, and well, any human who says love is enough, they're the same people I've noticed that say, I don't see color. And when you don't see color, you don't see your privilege. And when you don't see color, you're unaware of the harm and you're unaware of what's happening in the world. In order to move through this, we get to see color not as a way to separate, but as a way to take ownership and then form a bridge and then move forward together. The only way that we're going to be able to do this, it's almost like when you're going on a date with somebody, some people say, I don't see sex, but unconsciously, like your brain does. (laughs) Like it does. That's great because you are, you're a lover for all. And I, I have friends who absolutely resonate with that, but on some unconscious level, you do see color. You do see race. You do. And that's where the healing is. That's why we get to go into the unconscious mind. Cause that's where the biases live. That's where, um, that's where the behavior, the behavioral pattern lives. Love doesn't penetrate that. Mm-mm. You can love black people and still be harmful you can love Black people and still be racist. You can love Black people and still have an unconscious racist bias. It's just a, it's just humanity. And so what we get to remember is that humans are innately flawed. And it doesn't make us wrong or bad, but it makes us responsible for how we're going to show up and what we're going to do in the world. And when we water something down to just love it feels incredibly humiliating for a collective of humans that have been enslaved most of their life yeah it's humiliating sure like donald trump would love for him to come back to unconditional love i'm sure that would be breathtaking but the chances of that happening are pretty slim So we get to demand yeah. justice, and we get to like it's, it''s in my brain they don't even go together now, the other thing that's coming, and I want to touch on, and this is this is from a more practical lens love is the is the way or love is the answer fundamentally, yes, that is correct we're all made of the same source energy. I am a believer in unconditional love. I do believe fundamentally and on like a very basic level that the most healing medicine is unconditional love. But what nobody's talking about is the shadows and the gruesome healing in which you will go through in order to touch and experience and embody that unconditional love. That's the gap right now. Right now we're in that gap. We're in the gruesome uncovering of our shadow and I have goosebumps all over my body because we will, become unconditional love. But we also get to humble ourselves enough to think, you know what, maybe I don't know what love is. Maybe I haven't been loving to my fullest capacity. And not many people are willing to say that. Because what that does is it threatens their whole fucking life. It threatens their whole belief system. It threatens the good girl. It threatens the healer, the healer who's been I've been doing this for 60 years. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. That totally threatens her because her whole ego is dying in that moment. How could you heal for 60 years and not love? So it's, it's this act of uh, humble leadership of are you going to be humble enough to maybe admit that you, don't, that you haven't touched your fullest capacity of love? Because in order to do that, there's deep shadow work it's right in front of you. You ready? unconscious racism let's start with that Mm -hmm. and love is the only way also reminds me of the wounded feminine which the 60s was deeply rooted in was wounded feminine energy that was all over the place it was flowy let's just hang out and love man we can love and there's consciousness and whoa there's this whole other spiritual realm which was beautiful and such a powerful discovery and that doesn't create real change. That's, yeah. that's a, a wounded energy. And so then that wounded feminine energy went and was suppressed by the masculine. So a lot of women who were on the field, barefoot waving their arms around were suiting up and going to work and taking birth control and being masculine. So then you have this masculine energy that suppressed that wounded love is love is amazing. Feminine air and now she's in this revolution, and she's all jacked up. She's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so, like, your face. <laughs> this is this is like a total just dis- like I. And the thing is, like, I feel so much compassion for uh, that generation. My parents, particularly, are taking the route of like, and I'm so proud of them because they're like, "You, you millennials are fearless."
0: I've heard that what I've so heard,
1: much from that generation. Because we're not saying love is the answer. We're demanding justice. We're demanding from the oppressors justice. We're demanding equity. We're demanding action. Dismantling the whole system. Basically. Dismantling the whole system. Mm. So what happened before was sort of we, we, we did. It was great work that was done. And without that revolution, we wouldn't be where we are today. So, again, back to that circle, people are looking at it as better or worse, more peaceful, not as peaceful, and that's a judgment conversation. Peace isn't always serene. Yeah. There's different ways to experience peace, and rage isn't always bad. It's holy. Sometimes it's cleansing. Sometimes it's the cleanse that the collective needs, Mm -hmm. and what I see happening is that uh, a lot of, the spiritual community is afraid of that rage because as women particularly we haven't been given a permission to be angry so not only are women in general expressing their anger for the first time you've got a black woman being angry and then all the unconscious biases are getting triggered there's another angry black woman she's dangerous she's too much suppression 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 so all of this is just being brought up to the surface thrown in our faces and so the best thing you can do is not know it's just to not know and to come back to that humble question of have I really loved as much as I could and is there something to learn here yes okay join us and there's going to be a a massive group of people who are willing to go into that, that space and there's going to be a massive group of people who don't and stick by love is the answer and that's the only thing they say through this whole fucking thing and then when we do come out of it and he's like see love and it's like okay my hair's fucked up I'm like sweating and there's blood and, and yeah love okay got it I haven't slept in a month <laughs> yeah. I haven't slept in like 10 years but great I'm glad that you had an amazing transition awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is so and, funny in many, and in many ways like the people who are on the front line, I mean, Martin Luther King, the reason why I reference him so much is because I felt like out of all the messages, he kept love on the altar, but he also kept action and real reality on the altar. Mm. He did a really beautiful job of giving a voice to both. Like, yes, he was, he was all about nonviolence and all about non-harm, but he also was like, let's do the Let's do the work. We get to do the work. And so I invite everybody to just like listen to his speeches. That's the voice that we need right now, is that bridge, and that's what I'm committed to being. Like I'm always going to keep love on the altar, unconditional love, especially. But I'm also going to talk about the shadows in which we get to move through in order to maintain that unconditional love. Yeah, and that's the uncomfortable conversation.
0: I mean, and getting uncomfortable is like where the biggest change can happen within yourself, which then can, you know, change every single thing that you touch. And I think, you know, I first experienced this for myself when I first went vegan and being someone that Mm -hmm. is from a long line of butchers and like chefs. And like, you know, I was a butcher myself. And like, that's, I always, I've gone back to that a lot because I'm like, wow, that was the most uncomfortable point in my life when I was unlearning everything I had learned about food and now here I am and even afraid still to really talk about you know the food industry the way I want to because I'm afraid of judgment and people saying things and really showing up in the way that I should show up because I don't know there's so much fear behind it and then you know with all of this seeing so many people stand and show up and do saying all these things I was like holy fuck like this is This is revolutionary, and this is so amazing to see so many people standing for what they believe in, and it's just been, like, life-changing, I think, for everybody, you know, and it's just – I don't even know if that was a complete point, but, like,
1: (laughs) I – Well, I want to say there's been a lot of people in my community who have gone vegan during this revolution as they confront their shadows. Yeah. For some people, that is a huge shadow is the harm that they were causing – on animals, like, yes, we're talking about racism and anti-racism, and the black community is being amplified right now, which is amazing, and as we do that work, there's all these other shadows that are going to be mingled up, too, and for a lot of people, their relationship with food, especially being in the pandemic, sitting there, uh, it's, been, um, it's been a huge topic, and I've been hearing it in my community, and even in my clients, like, all of a sudden, I, I just don't want it. I'm like great, you know. Yeah. Move with that. Something else is dying off inside of you. It's all, and to bring it back to what you just said, it, it's all your belief system and your perception of the world. Marianne Williamson talks about this: how the universe, God, Spirit, whatever you refer to as the divine, is never going to give you something that threatens your belief system. It's always going to meet you where you can take accountability and responsibility. That's why this is gonna take so long because if we instantly cleared all of this, that would actually be more of a threat to us yeah. than what we're doing right now. So the dismantling of the system for some people is a bigger threat than holding on to their perception. Some people will die being right, will die rather than change their mind. <laughs> That's, that's so fucking true, Tori. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's so real. That's the real revolution, right there. Is, I mean, that's duality. Yeah. They both that's exist.
0: And you know, I've been doing a lot of. I have pre pre this been doing lots of research on you know food deserts and. Um, you know how the Black community is affected by the government's just like blatant disregard for the Black community and communities of color in all things when it comes to healthcare, food, um, you know, women's health, like endometriosis, like all these everything, everything. And even when the pandemic first hit, I was watching videos, and I remember this so clearly because I was watching videos of police officers just blatantly beating people of color in the streets because they weren't inside during like a safer at home order. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, these are people who are either trying to go to work, trying to, you know what I mean? Just like live their lives who don't have access to food right now, who are waiting eight hours at the food bank, who like, who aren't getting stimulus checks, who aren't getting unemployment. And then the police are literally just like taking advantage of the situation to, you know, fill their egos or their hate or whatever the fuck they're trying to fill and i remember Mm -hmm. watching just feeling so like helpless almost but also there was this thing in my mind to be honest that was like here we go again you know what i mean like see another video and this has been so amazing to see everyone come together like i've Mm -hmm. like even saying that like gives me chills because i've never seen this before with humanity yeah like everyone is just like coming together. Like this is enough, you know, like enough is enough.
1: And that was the thought I had too, especially that first week of June. Was, I was like, wow, everybody is talking about this. Everybody that I could see in my world. And I, I'm i so glad that you said this, Bay, because you're somebody who's in it for the long game and we just get to keep calling each other forth because there are people who are, are burned out already, who are traumatized by what they're seeing. It's so hard for your brain to conceptualize that a a human being has to wait eight hours in line to more than eight hours to even fucking cast a vote. Kentucky right now, this this is the first, like, this is what I mean by everybody get ready. We're in an election year. We haven't even covered voter suppression in this podcast. That could be a whole other podcast. Yeah. So I want to invite everybody to, to stay in it. Please still use your voice. Don't stop amplifying Black voices. Don't stop sharing. Don't stop signing the petitions. Don't stop emailing. Don't stop calling. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. The momentum that we built in June, we get to continue on with it. And for the first time as a Black woman in the coaching industry, I never felt less alone. I finally felt fully seen fully able to express myself and all my blackness and all so and I'm also white and just being able to be my full multiracial self I never felt that until June I think it was like June 3rd I sat in my living room and I was like oh, okay wow mm-hmm. and there's still this fear even within me of they're done something being honest and if that's in me as somebody who's incredibly forgiving and, like, really in it with y'all. Like, I'm going to be an ally shift. Like, let's, let's do this. I know for my Black community who's been doing this for decades, they're definitely feeling the, you know, the downfall of, like, okay, not as many voices on the field right now. Okay, not as many people showing up. So let this be another wake-up call. and we're not done, choose your mission and go all the way in. We don't all need to be doing and saying the same fucking thing like you're all about food and like there's black farmers i think we i just read a statistics where there's only like 14% of farmers are black and like all mm-hmm. their land got taken away like that could be your mission where you go and like get the farms back <laughs> and then think about where you're wh- whoever's listening what's your mission where are you going to focus your attention where are you going to band together where are you going to turn this into your lifelong work and infuse it in your everyday practices um if you are looking for a quote unquote next step that would be the biggest invitation right now is getting your getting your mission really clear in your heart and letting that be your guiding force for the rest of your life
0: yeah one thousand percent like what are you passionate about what are you good at like what connections yeah. do you have? all those things mm-hmm. like i uh I'm, i just found this organization they're called kitchens for good and they train um, people who are incarcerated, homeless in food. So they teach them how to cook, how to work in kitchens. And then through that, they feed like 15,000 people um, a month in San Diego. Yes. And like people who would be hungry, like all this stuff. So there's all different ways that you can, in your industry, help our world in a way that needs it like so desperately, desperately right now. And mm-hmm. I think this is so rad because what this is showing is that you can be in this for other people and still work in your industry and still, you know, have a career and still do what you want to do, but like you can also show up in service and make fucking change because yeah, change is a full time job. Change isn't something that you post on your Instagram for a week. Who gives a fuck about Instagram? At the end of the day, yeah,
1: seriously. You know, like racist as fuck. I mean, I'm using it because we get to all be heard, but exactly, it's not like completely innocent. Instagram is not the work, you know.
0: Like, you can repost and you can share with your followers and stuff, but at the end of the day, the work is these kinds of conversations. The work is how you're, you know, helping the world. How you're using your skills to help benefit the Black community people of color, the environment, like we have so much fucking work to do. And I think the mm-hmm. in the first week of June, I was honestly so fucking overwhelmed because yeah, I was just like, whoa, like we, I already embodied like all the work we have to do. But now that I'm seeing everybody come together, it's so fucking real that this needs to happen now. it was
1: a level of accountability that's what it was because you were in the fight you felt like by yourself and a lot of other people were like oh i've been i've been doing this on my own and you're one person babe who i do want to acknowledge like you've always from the day i met you you had this bigger vision and leadership can be lonely in that way because yeah. not many people are willing to keep going with it And so i think what happened on the week of june 1st is that all of a sudden we had accountability I was like well this person's doing it this person's like now I there is no conversation of when it's happening right now and so it kind of got in people's head a little bit and there definitely was a lot of overwhelm so I want to invite everybody back to two things your mission I love what you just said what are you good at who do you know what are you going to use your privilege for yeah and then number two is your continue your own unlearning continue going down and into um your unconscious biases and the the deep healing that you get to do so that you can have conversations with your friends and family not about black people here's a big shift i want to end on this talking to your friends and family is about racism is not about going to the dinner table and being like you know how cool black people are they're like amazing look at this (laughs) black person this black person yeah so it's about talking about your whiteness Mm-hmm. how uncomfortable is that that's way more uncomfortable than talking about how cold black people are over your dinner that's where I think people are also getting a little bit confused is what do you mean have a conversation I mean sit down and talk to your parents about white supremacy talk to them about what it the sheltering that took place the oppression yeah. that took place the colonization that took place those are the conversations that you get to have because in that you start to take ownership and feel the empathy So having those conversations has less to do with talking about black people and more to do talking about your whiteness and any sort of unconscious harm that, that, that might've caused. So actually three things, your mission, your own unlearning, and then the deeper conversations about what you're discovering about your own whiteness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good.
0: So good. We in it
1: for the long game, and everybody breathes, take a deep breath, not <laughs> yeah. some music every day. Like we get to move, we still get to be enjoy, yeah. and what a what a powerful time to be alive. I mean, yeah. we're gonna be the ancestors that are in the history books, and when I think about it that way, I mean that that makes me smile, and that makes me happy for my children, and that's what I'm really doing it for. is my future children and our future generations yeah we're not gonna probably be alive when it's all you know fully said and done but i'm committed to leaving this world better than when i entered it hell yeah girl
0: <laughs> i am with you on that yes. <laughs> I like, we're in the Great Awakening right now. I had a shaman on the podcast and the pandemic first hit and she was like, we are in the beginning of the Great Awakening and shit yep. is about to go down. She said that in yes. like March or something. She's like, just wait. <laughs> like, you haven't seen any. Every
1: astrologer, yet. every, sh- I mean, I have full body goosebumps again because it, we've all felt this, but we just didn't, our brain didn't let us believe that we could end up right here. And so we're all here and I can tell everybody in my community that we're like, I kind of knew this was gonna happen like on some level like i felt some sort of rumbling didn't know it was gonna be this particularly but yeah you should reshare that episode and like the foreshadow is real between april and march yeah it's intense
0: and like seriously in a way we're all still and we might become more
1: still if we go back on lockdown so like i know that's the thing oh there's this book i wanted to mention it on here i forget the name of the book but in it it's called like i don't have the book i'll tell you after via text but in the book and this is something that my um buddy sent to me back in february it said in 2020 there's going to be a an illness that causes a pandemic it's going to hit for a few months and then it's going to return later in the year and as i'm just we're, I feel like we're in this middle tipping point mm-hmm. and I don't know which way it's going to go like is it going to return what's that going to create for the election what's that going to create for anti-racism like I feel like there's one more big trigger point yeah before we're fully I feel that too fully out so
0: I feel like I'm on Take this care of yourself. waiting for the yes. election yeah every day I open my phone and I'm like what's going to be on there
1: today <laughs> 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 so, surround yourself with people that you love, and eat good food, and like use your privilege to support. Yeah, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. Read the books, do the work, and then use your privilege to to stand, take a stand.
0: Sweet, thank you so much yeah. for coming
1: on. Thank you, babe. Love you.
0: shout out to Tori Washington for coming on the show. Thank you so much again, Tori. If you're interested in working with Tori, um, she has some amazing new offerings available. So check her out on Instagram at I am Tori Washington, and you can find all the information that you need to know about Tori and how to get in contact with her there. If you liked this episode, please be sure to sh- give Tori a shout out and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we have a lot of amazing podcasts coming up a lot of amazing guests. I'm so excited about, and I can't wait for y'all to hear um, some awesome things that are happening in the world through this podcast. So please comment and subscribe and like, and share with your friends and don't forget to eat your greens y'all. I'll see you next week.